Welcome to Muscle Talk, where you'll get world champion advice about nutrition and stacking on muscle. Our host, Christine Enville, she's a three-time world champion bodybuilder, an IFBB professional, a food scientist, and a founding co-owner of our podcast sponsor, International Protein. In this episode, we discuss which muscles people simply forget to train. Christine discusses physiology, she discusses balance, and which muscles to build for major gains to carve world-class definition. Okay, Christine, which muscle groups do people forget to work out, and then which muscles give you those major sort of defining parts of your body, like that you can really get really good gains from, and uh, you can do that quite quickly and easily? Or is that just a massive assumption for me? Um, no, it, it's it's not an assumption as much as it's probably because we have the people that we call the um, like the in the, in the gym bodybuilders or the people who work glamour muscles. Yeah. So obviously, glamour muscles are things like your chest and your biceps because when you look at someone, um, you know, you kind of like the first thing you see is this big popping chest, or they wear a top, you know, V cut top, or a lot of the clothing that's designed for the you know the guys these days who weight train is designed to you know really show that that chest you know show the neck and the chest and that obviously shows very very quickly and of course your biceps if you wear a tight t-shirt or if you hit a pose then what's the first people say oh can you flex for me nobody spins around and does a back lat spread when you say can you flex for me yeah (laughs) they normally hit a bicep pose um and and you know a chest is, is sitting out there so of course those are ones that we kind of joke about, I guess, where, um, you know, people go in the gym and they do bench press and they kind of do bench press, bench press, bench press, bench press, and that's all they do, or they do barbell curls and, you know, they work the chest and the biceps and that gives them the illusion of being more muscular than anyone else because they've just got these massive couple of muscle groups and they might have no legs um, or no back or anything like that. But that's that's what we call, you know, a glamour muscle. That's what might, um, you know, in a movie make someone look more buff. Um, and if and again, with a tight shirt, that's what makes somebody look more buff than someone who has an actual developed bodybuilder's body. So there are those muscles which if you build those up, you can give yourself the illusion of, um, of being bigger than what you really are. And then, of course, the delts as well. Like having a, a massive set of delts gives you that illusion of being very wide um, and it doesn't really matter what the rest of you looks like because it dominates and people just see that and that, oh, my God, he's huge because, you know, they or she's or she's huge because they saw the, that little bit of a muscle group. Now, the reason why we call that glamour muscles or in the gym bodybuilders is because on stage it has a completely opposite effect where all you see is the glaring lack of legs or the lack of um, back development or... Imbalances. The, and, yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, you know, someone can have a massive set of delts but... You know, in, in, a, in a set of clothing, it can actually accentuate the body and make you look really, really great. But on stage, it's like everything's there to be seen um, and there's no way of getting around it. So I think sometimes it's not a matter of people forget to train a certain body part. Um, they may have a specific reason to want to only train certain body parts because they are trying to create a look. Um, but a lot of the time it's actually genetics and that they, well, one, one they might be training it hard, but they aren't training it effectively. So they're not quite sure why they're not growing and that's probably the, actually the number one most common reason why a muscle group isn't growing and a lot of that can be that they're actually not connecting properly with that muscle group and they're working a whole different muscle group. So, for example, um, someone might have 
a big set of traps but really no other muscle group in their back because everything that they do they tend to divert the like the, the traps take over and then once a muscle group gets strong it tends to be the first thing that picks up so mm. even though when you mm. try later on to go and you're sort and, of overcompensating with one muscle rather than the other yeah well it gets strong so it takes over yeah. it's like in a it's like in a crowd if someone's got a louder voice or a more dominant personality they tend to take over a group Whereas same thing with your muscle group, if it's stronger than the other muscle groups, your body is inherently lazy. So it does, okay, we're, we've got this and they kind of take over and do all the lifting and then the other muscle groups don't come into play. Mm. Um, and some of that is, you know, through the technique that you're using, you know, a little bit of cheating and, and um, you know, how you actually, you know, execute the, the exercise because you can be doing the right exercises and just doing them totally wrong. And I know like for myself, my teardrop, the vasculus lateralis, the one on the inside of the knee is quite dominant. And after years and years and years of training, uh, and the reason it's dominant is because my first kind of real trainer who put me on a program, put me on a program which accentuated that muscle group. He himself had a very dominant teardrop and everything that we did really focused on the teardrop. Um, so as a result, it's actually, you know, that'll be the first muscle group that picks up no matter what, what leg exercise I do. And I have to work really hard to concentrate on making sure that I am making sure that my outer quad gets hit or that I'm hitting my inner quad. But when I'm tired, um, you know, or when I'm, you know, if I'm not focusing, the first thing that takes over here is that teardrop. Whereas other people struggle to build that muscle group because their strength or, um, you know, how or their genetics or how they've trained is, is focused on a different particular muscle group. So, you know, your early training is very important because it kind of sets the roadmap for how your body fires and how your mind thinks. And it's, it is quite hard to go back and retrain technique once you've been training for quite a number of years. So it's important when you're early um, to learn that correct, correct technique um, and not cheat. Um, and then obviously like the traps is another good one because a lot of people will do everything like almost like when they're doing a back exercise, they pull from their arms and that involves the traps rather than allowing the lats to do the motion and rather mm-hmm. than activating the scapula, you know, moving the scapula and activating the actual lat muscle. So it's, you know, it's so training specific. Um, some machines make it harder to cheat. Obviously free weights, you have more of an opportunity to kind of cheat where you swing, where you, you know, pull through a particular part of the movement and not actually do the contraction. You can use a lot of momentum or swing or different, um, even an arm. Like I see people doing dumbbell rows for their back and I look at it and all I see is rear delt and bicep you know that's what's working there's no lat involved at all but they're going heavier and heavier calling it a back exercise and then wondering why their back's not growing Mm, mm. um t-bar rows is another one and i'm picking on back because it is probably the most badly trained body part so people um tend to think about moving the weight so it might be that they're doing a t-bar row but they're actually using their biceps and their arms to pull that weight up rather Mm. than using the contraction through their back and, and getting that connection and making the back do the work. And and the reason that often is is because people are focused on weight and you can move a lot of weight when you kind of cheat and don't use the actual back contraction. Mm-hmm. When you have to contract the back and do that properly, a lot of the time you have to drop the weight lower so you can't do those big hero moves and everyone loves to just, you know, slam a look, look at this, look what I'm doing. I'm doing like my deadlifts with, you know, however many plates. I'm doing my T-bar rows with so many plates. But reality, if done properly, you'd be doing half that amount of weight. So mm. there is a little bit of ego that comes into it and we all like to you know, push our weights up and go stronger and heavier and, you know, for something like a squat, it might be where you're positioning your knees, like your knees might t- tend to come in because that's where you're stronger. But, you know, the reality is that's not a, doing a great job for um, actually working the leg properly. Or you might be um, 
you know, kind of leaning over as you go into the squat and then doing almost like half a good morning and, again, not actually causing the quads to work. So a lot of the time it's just badly executed. And then, of course, there's genetics. You know, if someone doesn't have, um, you know, the shape of muscle or doesn't have the actual um, muscle cells, like if their insertion's long and the calf is a classic example of that where everyone says, how do I train my calves? Well, I do. There is a specific way that I train them, and a lot of people do train them badly. It's not that they don't train them. People without calves, people assume they're not training them. A lot of the time, it is one they are again in, incorrect execution. But number two, they might have a very short calf, which means that the tendon that then attaches into the Achilles is very long, and you can't build muscle cells in a tendon. So it has to be within the muscle belly. So if you've got a short bicep or a short calf or your quad starts high or well, all of those things are genetically determined and you can't put muscle cells where there isn't well, – you, like you can build muscle cells where there are cells already but you can't grow muscle cells in a tendon where there is no muscle cell. So your own natural structure, what your parents gave you, is going to dictate a lot of how your body is going to look. Mm. Um, but if you have the muscle there, then working it properly, like you can still – underdevelop a muscle by not working it correctly um, and that's you know through executing the ex- the exercise in such a way that you're hitting a whole totally different set of muscle mm. groups and people turn their muscle groups off don't they they can do that by accident like just through life just through sitting you forget to use your glutes for example I mean obviously uh, when you're training you're isolating muscles and that's the purpose of it but you've got to be doing the exercises actually correctly yeah well that's yeah. A, it's interesting that you say that um, and it's probably a you know, a male versus female thing too, like, and I'm picking particularly on a hip structure, um, is because when we do like a lot of the F45 movements, a lot of them, there is a lot of leg work, which involves different type of squats, squat pulses, um, goblet squats, prisoner squats, squat jumps, like all of this thing. And I do look around the room and I see the guys really struggle to get into those positions. Like they coming forward their hips aren't going down there's no flexibility in the hips whatsoever um the women seem to have no trouble with those kind of exercises but yeah if you haven't done something for a long time Mm. um Mm. you think the body naturally goes into those positions but it's it does kind of get stuck and there's a lack of flexibility because part of um part of weight training and, and correct execution is obviously being um flexible in those muscle groups at the tendon and also in the muscle and that's what i think i talked about like um, before I don't necessarily stretch um, before a workout, even though it's something that I do encourage people to do, especially as they get older. Or if you have a particular stiffness or you feel like, you know, you're not like you feel that tightness. Um, but doing proper controlled motions and working through a full range of motion is it inadvertently stretching the muscles through full range of motion. But if you're not doing that full range of motion and you're doing a half range of motion and you're not stretching then you are actually exacerbating that problem uh, and again that come back to the traps where you're in that like you kind of I, I wish we had visuals here but I'm essentially yeah. um, you know if I'm doing a lat pull down and I'm pulling down with my arms through my upper back and not pulling through my scapula into my lats which is a much more open movement and which will work on the actual lat um, it's very easy to totally miss a whole body part and, and totally use another body part and that's where the traps will kind of come in and um and, you know, but but to you or to a person looking at it, they might think that they look very developed because they'll have a big set of traps and that's something which, you know, a set of traps and a set of delts kind of crowns off the body. You have a big chest, big delts, mm-hmm. big traps. Yeah. That's kind of like the upper body covered off and it will give you a really big physical presence. So it people doesn't might, mean you're strong necessarily. It doesn't mean you're strong um, and strength's a whole different thing, but it doesn't also mean you'll be a good bodybuilder. So because yeah. bodybuilding really to me 
um, it is about building the balance. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other theories on that. Like I, you know, I've talked to other professional bodybuilders, and they've kind of said, look, sometimes having that one freaky muscle group is is the biggest advantage because if the rest of you is well developed, but you have a freaky peak on your biceps or you have a, a freaky big chest or a freaky set of hamstrings or set of calves or something, then people kind of focus on that muscle group and they're just like blown away by it, particularly a set of biceps. Someone has a great set of arms and the rest of them is okay. Um, people tend to kind of get, you know, they have that wow factor. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the time if the judges aren't as experienced as they should be or particularly the audience will be like wowed by that. And um, they're like, oh, I know that person should win, but they kind of neglect to see that their hamstrings were really weak or their conditioning wasn't as good through their back or all those other fine details that we should be looking at when we're looking at bodybuilding. So that's kind of a, a one way of approaching bodybuilding, have that one part which makes you stand out because um, someone who's too balanced can sometimes blend in because they are just too damn balanced and too mm, pretty. Mm. So, you know, like men's physique, for example, um, you know, they wear board shorts so you don't see their legs but they're so developed in their chest and their, um, their delts, really great set of abs, backs, you know, may or may not be good. And that, that's kind of what people associate with that, oh, my God, look, they've got such a great body, but, you know, you can't see half their body. Mm. Um, whereas bodybuilding, it's all out there to be seen and um, having that, that balance between, you know, the quad to the hamstring, you know, forearms to upper to arms to back, just everything needs to be developed. And I think when you're um, progressing in bodybuilding, you really need to focus on that because you're not a power lifter. You're not in it just to be strong. So your strength is irrelevant. You need to train in a way to build your your body that you don't create those kind of imbalances and you you know, you know t- you can really get quite specific on where you target. So it's not a matter of, you know, what do people forget to train as much as they need to assess their own physique and look at where their strengths mm-hmm. are and where their weaknesses are and what they need to do to build that illusion. So, yeah, you know, building a big set of delts, building a lot of rear delt isn't necessarily going to be an advantage as much as if you've built a lot of side delt because then that does give you that shoulder to hip ratio and give it, and it almost makes like a coconut, like that cap that, that frames the body. Speaking of the shoulder to hip ratio, is there, yeah. is there like sort of a, is there a ratio that you should be following? No, I've never or, been. Or I, aiming for or. It's, it's all visual. Um, I've never been into that, like what are the perfect ratios of, you know, quad to calf, shoulder to hip. It's so di- it's so different on every single person. Um, height comes into it. You know, what else is developed? What do your abs look like? What's your ab structure like? Do you have a long torso? Do you have a short torso? Do your lats insert low? Do your lats insert high? Um, is your chest high? Is your chest long? Because all of those different factors also come into play. So if someone has a very short, high chest, um, it can look kind of very impressive and poppy, but when, when you look at them on stage and they have a very, very long torso and it's very hard for them to get a V taper because they'll end up having more of a T look. And then some people love the T look. So, we, you know, the most classic bodybuilding is around the X shape, which is wide shoulders with a V V coming down to the waist, not like a broad T shape, which is like a straight up and down body with a wide shoulders and then the legs coming back out again in an X. Um, you know, a lot of guys won't have that quad sweep or a lot of women, so they kind of end up with like a weird kind of a T shape or a Y shape because they might have the V but they have no legs. So everyone has a different shape and they kind of should be working towards that X because that is considered the most um, 
I guess the most kind of balanced and proportionate. But you know, there are some people who just absolutely, um, you know, love for themselves the tea look, uh, and the tea look is very much a look for figure. So if anyone is doing figure competitions rather than you know bodybuilding or you know bikini for women or, or whatever for men, um, the tea shape is definitely the look. Like there are some girls with really great developed legs in figure, but the, even all of the way that they pose is de- designed. They have like a more of a, um, a straight-legged legs together kind of a pose that accentuates their broad shoulders kind of a maybe a y shape but definitely more of that you know slender legs whereas a women's physique for example is um rewarding or putting a lot more emphasis on having a really well-developed thighs glutes and having that kind of x shape and their upper bodies maybe aren't as well developed they don't necessarily want them to have a really huge back so it's changed a lot from when it was just you know female bodybuilding male bodybuilding in terms of what you're looking for and also within each um, not within each division, with each federation, they have a different look and a lot of people get confused because, oh, but I was doing this in this federation and I swapped to that and then I'm not doing so well. It's like, well, did you look into what they actually look for in their criteria? Um, because you, if you want to fit into what they're doing, you need to build your body towards what suits for your particular division. If you're doing it because you love it, then you have to kind of look at what you like. And a lot of guys say they don't like big legs because it doesn't feel comfortable in jeans or they think it looks funny or whatever reason but for personal reasons they don't want to have massive thighs whereas you know you know a bodybuilder would kind of like cry if he didn't have big legs because he needs Mm -hmm. to have that overall balance and then you can split up like a thing with a you know big massive thigh you get all those cuts through your center thigh and then the teardrop cuts out and then the inner thigh cuts out and the sartorius comes through and I'm kind of painting a visual picture here of that leg segmented up into all those different muscle groups because it is a quad four, four mm-hmm. main muscle groups in the, in the thigh and it looks absolutely amazing on stage and it makes you look a lot bigger than what you actually are. So um, when it comes to training, yeah, you can train to pick out certain body parts to give the illusion and it depends what you're trying to achieve. You know, it really depends if you're trying to just look good in clothes when you go out. It depends if you're trying to compete in a particular division uh, and what you should be working on. But it's genetics is, I think, the number one thing which under like it basically underpins everything. And um, you can sometimes you have to work within what your genetics give you because, you know, if you're not meant to have a um, a big back because your clavicles are narrower then you can build a thick back and you can build a really great traps and, and this the lower trap, which is what we call the centre back, um, but you're not going to have a really wide rangey set of lats because it's like a kite. You need something to anchor the muscle onto and if your, if your collarbones you know, aren't very wide and where your shoulders is, that's essentially where your V is starting from because the lat starts from the shoulder, sort of from the like the upper part of the, the um the shoulder joint it doesn't start on the outside of the shoulder so even if you build your shoulders wider where your lat inserts is still determined by your bone structure and you can get like a really narrow v right so you're looking looking a little blank there ash but just um, trying to keep up that's all (laughs) yeah but but yeah i think everyone should be assessing how they look and again if you have you need that person who has a a set of eyes you can independently look at you and, and critique you um, that's often, often where a coach comes in and advises you on what you need to work on and what you need to develop and, and build the perfect program around that yeah for sure hey fascinating stuff thank you very much christine yeah. okay for anyone who wants to join the aussie muscle guru facebook group search that name jump in and join if you have extra questions that you want to ask that we're not covering off on here please do jump on and, and we'll give you a quick answer at the time and then we'll go into way more detail in the actual podcast but um, i love answering questions so please get on and ask 
words of wisdom. If you like what you've heard, recognize that these tips, they're free. So show your support by becoming a loyal international protein customer by jumping online, hunt our product down and hit that buy now button. So once again, like, share and subscribe to our podcast so we can continue to bring you these episodes from our one and only Aussie muscle guru, three times world champion, Christine Enville.